Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And emotions are running high right now because we've just had the finale of Lego Masters Season 2. Zoe, how are you feeling? I have like so much adrenaline pumping right now. I'm like super excited. Um, This was obviously a massive episode, like grand finale always is. It was super exciting. We had a lot of different builds, so I'm really excited to talk about them. Like last season's grand finale, there's no brief. It was just like, you have 28 hours, build something, which like seems better than having, you know, a really tight brief like some of the other builds, but it's actually kind of harder because like, where do you even start with that? Yeah, they were sort of talking on the show a little bit about how having no limitations might be harder than being narrowed down. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a bit nerve wracking, but I think that all the builds we got were amazing. Yeah, they were so cool. Before we jump into them, let's just do a quick recap of how the voting worked and kind of what happened. So basically they had 250 members of the public, some of them being uh, contestants on the show. They all came in and each of them got one vote. And then Brickman had the golden brick, which gave him 100 votes. It does feel a little bit like Quidditch rules. Yes. Where Brickman still more or less decides the winner overall. Yeah, he's the golden snitch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For, For context, what I'm saying is for people who don't know Harry Potter as well, the way that the game of Quidditch works means basically the entire game's useless except for like one particular thing which outweighs the rest of it. It's kind of like that with Brickman. Unless everyone disagreed with him pretty much, mm-hmm. then he basically controls the entire competition. So, ugh. Yeah. Do you, do you think he had too much power? Do you think maybe his vote should have been like worth 50 votes or something so that it could still kind of go either way? Yeah, I think it's a tough one to balance. Maybe 50 would have been a good number, but I guess it's hard to predict as well. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he does have the most knowledge in that room about Lego and the technical side of it and how things are being built. So, I mean, I would listen to his opinion more than like one of the kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Should we touch on Fenella not being there? Uh, We were just a bit sad about it. So the last episode, we were wondering if Fenella from Denmark, who was the guest judge in the first season, who is from Lego, like the actual Lego company, we were speculating as to whether or not she'd return to be a guest judge again, and she didn't, which is okay. I guess it's tough <laughs> to fly people around all the time. They spent all their money building big aquariums that one episode, True. but it's a bit disappointing. There was a trade-off. We got an aquarium, but we didn't get vanilla. <laughs> all right, let's jump straight into the builds. So let's start with Andrew and Damien. They did a final battle, which was like, these two robot things fighting in like a coliseum. They kept calling their figures, I think it was mechs or megs. And Brickman was like, yeah, this is really common in the Lego world. And the whole time I was like, what is this word? Do you know what that is? Yeah, mech, like M-E-C-H. No, that's a pretty common thing just like is it? In, in the world. Oh. 
<laughs> the whole time, every time they said it, I was like, the what? What the what are you saying? Interesting. I got it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, mechs like Pacific Rim, the movie, that's probably a more recent example of right. like a really popular thing with mechs. It's just like a big robot that has yeah. usually not always, but a big robot with a human controlling it basically. Yeah, so when I worked that bit out, I was very impressed. <laughs> and I thought it helped tie in like all the minifigures in the stands by having those little guys in the suit. That was really cool. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a really cool build. It looked huge. Like it looked like it was so imposing and actually seeing it in person must have been daunting. I did wonder though, Brickman came early on and said that he did the calculations behind the scale they were going for Mm -hmm. and that they'd need four and a half thousand minifigs to fill it up. And that doesn't sound right, to be honest. You think? I kind of want to go back and, and pause the episode and do some counting to see if he was close because four and a half thousand is... A lot. And I feel like that's a bit too many, unless they were building it to a different scale initially when he said that and then changed it to make it a little bit smaller for what we ended up seeing. Yeah. Well, I think what he was going for was if they were to fill every single seat. So in theory, every single stud in that grandstand part, I think they probably would have needed uh, maybe not 4,000, but like a 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they did have a good idea to avoid that by putting in like, um, you know, I think it was like food stands and commentary booths and that sort of thing mm-hmm. throughout the stadium, which I think was a good idea anyway, because I imagine it would have looked a lot more interesting than if it was just minifigs the entire time. So I think either way, that was a good decision. But I wish they had said at the end how many they ended up using, like if it was yeah. close, like if it was a couple thousand or if it ended up being like 200. Yeah, we'll need to ask them if they know the figure. <laughs> I agree though. I think that that gave them a bit more of a story. Like obviously we had these two big characters in the middle, but then having those little details in the stands, like there was a fight going on at one point and there was like the corporate box. I think that really actually elevated their build. So I'm kind of glad that Brickman came and scared them. <laughs> I liked a lot when one of their figures fell over and they were just kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll leave it in that position. That's perfect. That's exactly the pose we need. Yeah. And I think that was really cool. I just wish they'd built some sort of like bricks shattering, you know, cracking yes. behind them where it fell. Maybe it was too tough with the way the stadium was built to physically change it like that. But I was kind of hoping that have some damage to the building because of this big mech falling on it. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing when they had those closer shots of it at the end. I was like, oh, some little bricks coming off or missing from that part of the wall would have been amazing. One thing I did really, really love with those stadium lights, they were like, Unexpected, but a really cool feature. I'm really glad that they added those in as well. Yeah, I liked that they had some lighting. I think it was just them and Jackson and Alex who used mm-hmm. electronics in any way, I think, from what we could see at least. Yeah. Though one thing that they did need to do was adopt Jen and Jody's mantra about having fun because they were so stressed. They did not look like they were enjoying it at all. It's interesting you say that because I did create a scale and I call it my fun that each team is having scale. <laughs> and they came in at second place on the scale. Oh. So hmm, not too bad. Were Trent and Josh third? Trent and Josh were third, yes. yes. They were also stressed. I feel like they were stressing a lot and I feel sorry for them because I think they just both wanted to do their best and unfortunately were stressing. All right, let's talk Trent and Josh. So they did the pirate ship with the battle between the pirates and the blue coats, and they were really going for scale for this one. Yeah, they really wanted to emphasize the big characters that they've become known for, and so they decided to build the pirate ship at such a scale where they could build these big figures that had, you know, really expressive faces and a lot of detail on the figures themselves. But it did mean that they only sort of built the mid and rear of a pirate ship. It was kind of like a cross section of a pirate ship. Yeah, and 
I didn't mind that except that I did notice and then Brickman later pointed out that that back side of the pirate ship was just like bare flat bricks. It was almost like as if if it was against a wall, it would have been perfect. But because you could walk around the whole thing, you could see that one side didn't have any of those details. Makes sense. They didn't have that much time. It's a huge ship. But I think that's where they kind of missed out by going for these big figures and the bigger front part of the ship. And it's so disappointing for them because it is such a cool build. Like a pirate ship, I think, is always going to have a lot of cool points no matter what. Mm -hmm. The ship did look great. It was just unfortunately the scale was so large that, first of all, to have it detailed would be insane because it's so big. Yeah. And then also just completing a full ship would have been huge at that scale. Maybe, and no Lego expert, but this just came to my mind, Maybe it would have been cool if the ship was like, I don't know, if you could see like water splashing up the back or something to kind of like cover that backside where there's like, it's just the flat part of the ship, but there's like something kind of happening. I don't know. They obviously had bigger things to deal with. <laughs> Potentially, but they did have a bunch of ripples behind the ship in the water and mm. they, we never really got a close-up of them, but they looked really cool when we did see them. It looked like it was just white or light blue Lego in these sort of wavy lines going backwards, but I thought that was really effective. So they had a couple of little details. Yeah, I loved that. And they had like a shark coming out of the water, which was really cool as well. I didn't, like we didn't really see them building that, but at the end we saw it and I thought that really helped build a story for them because they kind of just had like this big thing and it was kind of the opposite of Jackson and Alex where they had like a couple of big features but none of those like really tiny details so I think they kind of needed those effects in the water to help build that. Something else that I wanted to touch on was first half of the season we talked a lot about Brickman being super sassy to Trent and Josh, Brickman picking on them and that was back tonight in full force and I was loving it. <laughs> the evolution of Trent and Josh across the season has been really interesting as well because in the first few episodes, mm-hmm. we didn't really see too much of them. We've spoken about this before, how we didn't have a good sense for them until about halfway through the season. And then it was really that birdcage build, their first win, yeah. that Brickman really started to, to love them. And we as viewers started to see a lot more of them and started to be shown a lot more details of their builds as well. And I think from that point, they really came to their own and Mm -hmm. we could really see that they were great Lego builders. We just hadn't been shown much before that. Yeah, I definitely think if they were like giving out medals for the most improved, it would go to them. (laughs) Like you could definitely see that growth over the season, which was really cool. I always got most improved when I was playing childhood sports and it (laughs) took me years to realise that was like, everyone throwing hardcore shade and I was just was terrible. <laughs> it's like a pity vote. <laughs> but not for them. For them would be legitimate. But not for them. Them, we mean it. <laughs> Let's talk about the posing of the characters, which Brickman brought up at the end, and how on the side, on the plank part of it, where you had Redbeard and you had the main blue coat guy, they were very clearly in battle and you could see them really well. But if you looked at it front on, you basically couldn't see them because they kind of were blocked or the first character kind of blocked the second character, which was such a shame. I wonder if it's like a really tough puzzle to try and figure out which angle are people going to be looking at from the most, which angles should we sort of cater to the most. And mm. if designing something that works from as many angles as possible is really difficult, which is why the Colosseum's kind of interesting because it had such a clear yeah. front viewing point. And then 
Jackson and Alex was kind of like a 360 degree diorama where I, I think almost any perspective would kind of work for that as well. So yeah. I wonder if that's like another difficult thing of Lego building that we never really see them talk about much. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, if you're building it, it wouldn't make sense to build the plank on like a 45 degree angle because that's just not how it would be on a ship. So exactly, it's almost impossible to balance. And lastly, Jackson and Alex, they went for the mad scientist Franken fig which was like a gothic aesthetic similar to their steampunk build and the Hansel and Gretel build and it was like a gothic mansion on a hill with a giant mini fig terrorizing the village Frankenstein inspired it was sick like there are no other words to describe it it was amazing oh yeah I really felt they undersold it at the beginning when they were explaining it Mm -hmm. because they were sort of like yeah we're gonna do this and this and this and I was like oh that's cool and then when they showed off the final thing I was like wait a second that's way cooler than what you were talking about yeah they had this big rocky outcrop that the steampunk robot had like smashed through and there's debris everywhere and it was sort of terrorizing the town and the town itself and their big mansion on the hill all had this beautiful theming they also I think had the only motorized build where the robot was sort of flailing its arms around really interestingly it was so cool yeah and I totally agree that they undersold it like while they were building I was literally like what is happening like where is all this going they had all these like random colors I was like I don't understand what you're building and then all of a sudden at the end it was just like this amazing thing they had the workshop underneath the mountain like it was insane yeah the inside of the workshop it took them a while to actually show it to us on screen Mm -hmm. but when we did see it and there was all these like gears and cogs and everything turning and it was all lit up and everything it looked so cool yeah that was amazing i really loved that like steampunk lift and all the working cogs really really cool i actually thought that the franken fig was going to look a bit more human like like obviously frankenstein looks like a monster but he does kind of look human still. Um, so at first I was kind of struggling to tell what it was and then the kids were getting it. So I was like, okay, it must be clear enough and maybe I'm just really dumb. <laughs> but then as soon as I got close-ups, I was like, okay, and now I can tell like that's definitely obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's like scary robot vibes, right? Yeah. Theirs was also more playable or maybe the most playable out of the three builds, which is obviously what you want out of Lego as well. I mean, Brickman even said like they were playing with the little figures and like making them move around the houses and like moving the robot around and stuff. Whereas the others, it was kind of like one static thing. Yeah, it was more of a a look, don't touch for everyone else. Yeah. I also liked that we got to see a more in-depth part of the process where they specifically showed us some close-ups of the franken robot thing without (laughs) it's sort of you know outer textures on and it was just like the raw technic animated model and we got to see sort of that and then we got to see jackson come in and add all the details to it like we don't usually get that in depth it's more kind of like a much more surface level representation of how lego building works so that was cool as well yeah one last thing i wanted to touch on with these guys was this whole season since the first episode you have nicknamed them the loose boys from perth Jackson and Alex, the loose boys from Perth. After this episode, should we rename them to the sweaty boys from Perth? (laughs) Why were they sweating so much more than the other two? (laughs) Maybe the aircon broke specifically at their table. Yeah. The producers set them up. Look, if we have a chance to chat to them, we can ask them which name they prefer. I think they'll prefer the loose boys. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So we've been able to run through what Zoe and I thought of all the different builds and how we loved different pieces of all of them. 
but we thought we'd get a special guest expert in to talk about what it was like to actually see the builds in person. And so we're very excited to welcome back Annie. Annie, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. It's lovely being called an expert. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely to be here. I'm, um, I'm excited to talk about this episode, actually. There have been some pretty wow moments. Yeah, it was a huge episode. I mean, I am still like hyped up by it. Yeah. What was it like to be in the room when you got to go in and see all the builds and look at them all? Oh, going back into that room was so amazing because obviously we hadn't been there for a whole three weeks. So it was, it was nice to get back in the space and not have any pressure. But the fact that we walked into that pirate ship right in the center mm -hmm. and then these two ridiculous intricate builds either side of it, it was gobsmacking, honestly, super overwhelming. And I can imagine with 249 other people in the room as well, <laughs> it would have been a lot. It was great. There were kids everywhere, you know, and the comments and the beautiful sentiments that were coming about everything. Everyone loved all of the builds. So it was beautiful to hear other people's thoughts. It was beautiful to watch the smiles on the kids' faces as they got to put their votes into the boxes. And you could have spent hours looking at each of those builds. There was so much detail in all of them. It's unfortunate that we only got a few minutes on TV. <laughs> Are there any details just from the top of your head that you really appreciated that didn't really get much of a show on the, on the show? Oh, I think for everything there were details that they, they, they missed, I suppose. And obviously Runa and I were first drawn to that pirate ship because it was just this epic thing. And we hadn't seen Trent and Josh's character building over the course of the show. We've oh. only watched it. Oh. We've only watched it on TV because we weren't there. We didn't see them grow as they were building. So we didn't actually know at first who had built what. They didn't tell us. So we had to go in and work it out for ourselves. And... You know, after after a bit of looking around and everything, we worked it out. And Trent and Josh's build, the character detailing was amazing. And up close to see the way they had used different parts to get angles and the shapes and colours, absolutely stunning. Definitely our favourite one for a wow factor. And then when we were looking at Damien and Andrew's build with that Colosseum-style kind of shape that they had, there was so much detail on the back of it as well that they didn't show because there were all of these stories about people walking out partway through. Uh -huh. And if you looked close up at all of the characters that were watching, I believe there were some inmates that were there on an excursion and had been let out of prison for a little while. <laughs> so they were watching the show, but they had a quarantined area within the stadium. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was really, really cool to see that, you know, there was social distancing going on inside the stadium. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, spectacular. And then with Jackson and Alex build, oh, my gosh, there were so many stories, like, what, 50-plus stories in their build that you could have watched with people opening graves and witches being hunted and bits of building being swiped off and people screaming because their food was falling away. Just amazing things. I can imagine that with all the kids in the room as well, like you said, it would be so nice to just hear their perspective on it because you guys are so used to looking at it from more of a technical angle and look how they've used this piece and look they've used the hot dog as lips and things like that whereas the kids are probably just like wow this is so cool I <laughs> want to build this it's like such a different perspective the thing that I loved hearing most from the little kids was wow I've got those pieces at home I'm going to try and do that too oh. so they were acknowledging bits that they could see in builds and thinking I can do that and that was so inspirational to have all of these beautiful kids wanting to go home and try and emulate their peers, <laughs> <laughs> try, and, try and copy these guys and 
and do the same things because the reality is when you practice like that, you can. So that's how you get your ideas. That's how you become a Lego master. And I think, I think they're going to get a nice generation of Lego masters out of those kids that were there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Jackson and Alex, especially, I think are really good at finding pieces and just putting them in a weird way and making yeah. it look like something else. Just their amazing ability to create architecture as well. Yeah. So stunning. Like the roof lines and everything in that final build and the, the fact that it was so true to the time period as well that they'd chosen really took the story home, I think. You mentioned that you and Runa were really drawn to the pirate ship and I did notice that you put your little brick in to vote for Trent and Josh. Yes. Um, did you guys like discuss with the other contestants who you were going to vote for or anything like that or was it just like free for all? I think at one point you could see all of us girls gathered around that pirate ship because all the girls yeah. absolutely loved it. So we were giggling like schoolgirls and I think we all decided to vote for the pirate ship because <laughs> it was just so fun. And the other bills were so impressive. We wanted to we wanted to talk about fun. Yeah. So that was where our vote went. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the hard things with this final build is that you obviously want to impress Brickman. Um, he has more votes than everyone else, but you also just want to wow the general public who probably don't have that technical ability. And I think Trent and Josh did that really well like a lot of the kids seem to be drawn to their build especially yes definitely Trent and Josh did a brilliant job of capturing their demographic yeah (laughs) getting the hearts of the little kids definitely after being in that room were you and Runa cooking up ideas of what you guys would have built if you were in the grand final and if you had those 28 hours to build (laughs) anything you wanted with no rules like what would you have done (laughs) I was actually so relieved that we weren't (laughs) (laughs) the pressure and the talent and the skill and everything involved I think it would have knocked me off but I know we talked about it months beforehand what we would have tried to build (laughs) and after seeing what they'd done I don't think we could even contemplate doing something to that scale they were just too good maybe you could have built EOS 2.0 oh yeah giant another giant turtle awesome mermaids (laughs) in the water this time (laughs) (laughs) with no curse of mermaid curse of the mermaid is a problem in Lego Masters Australia? Yeah, we spoke to Jen and Jody about this and yes. I'm worried about season three. Um, maybe there shouldn't be any water builds. Maybe. If anyone can break the curse of the mermaid in Lego Masters Australia, I will happily buy them dinner. <laughs> we set an, an unfortunate standard, I think, <laughs> with the mermaid. <laughs> Speaking of season three, we have been running our stealth campaign the entire podcast. The stealth campaign is called Hashtag Annie for Season 3, with the plan being we'd love to see you as a uh, secondary, as you said, amateur judge with Brickman on Season 3. Can you confirm or deny if you've been in talks with Channel 9 about being a judge? I am just, I'm patiently waiting by my telephone for them to, um, you know, give me a call. <laughs> that I will happily, happily dazzle on um, amateur judge style. If they need some beautiful dresses and, and lovely feminine presents, I will I will be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Maybe we need to get in touch with Hamish to get him on board with the campaign. I feel like he's got a lot of push. <laughs> yeah, good point. He is a very funny man. <laughs> <laughs> we did just say on Instagram that Trent and Josh, Summer and Iona and Jodie were all watching yes! together. They're obviously all in Adelaide. So that was really nice. At least yep. it's like some of the team together. <laughs> some of the teams together, but they are acceptably socially distanced apart. As you yes, can see in that course. photograph, they're keeping their <laughs> 1.5 metres. Yeah, yeah they, they all got together and had a lovely 
time watching the program. Here at our place, we made Lego-shaped foods and watched it having our own Lego party. Amazing. What's a Lego-shaped food? Um, everything that is kind of square with square <laughs> with studs on it. So we made Lego pizza and Lego ice cream oh. sandwiches <laughs> and Lego cake. It's delicious. That's so great. <laughs> I would absolutely love in season three a food challenge. We actually talked about it earlier this season after the fairy tale build when Jane Steiner used all the bananas in Rapunzel's hair. Yeah. And we said, what if there's a food challenge and they need all the bananas <laughs> we need and they the can't bananas. get them? <laughs> I think many moons ago there was a restriction about what you could build with lego and food was one of the things that you were not allowed to build oh. so food and religion and war i understand religion and war i'm confused about food though food was because if children think it's edible they'll want to eat it oh that's logical then yeah so it was more to protect kids from swallowing lego yeah okay we won't do a food challenge then. oh we still but we still can you can make i'd love to do a giant tea party <laughs> yes with teapots flowing bits of lego and cakes and chocolates and teacups and saucers i think that would be great fun maybe that's what i would build yeah <laughs> would that be like your dream build like your dream brief to get <laughs> yeah that would actually be a dream brief definitely i wonder if alice in wonderland counts as a fairy tale because maybe it could have been the mad hatter's tea party it could have been and you're making me regret my life right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it would have been really hard. To yeah, be fair. That's those true. characters are very like intricate and specific. That's very true. And we are not character builders like Trent and Josh. <laughs> Trent and Josh, they are the champions of characters. No one should ever challenge that. <laughs> so now that you've had a chance to see, you know, the rest of the season, which you unfortunately weren't able to stick around for and and see what builds came up, was there a build that stuck out? from one of the later episodes is one of your favourites? Oh, there were so many. I think I really loved the night and day episode mm -hmm. because there were so many things that you could do with those blocks. Like there was quite a lot of creative freedom there. And the other one that really stood out for me that I desperately would have wanted to do was the 3D art build. Yeah. Of course. Because that's something that I've always wanted to do. And I remember telling Brickman at our interview that that's what I wanted to do. Ah. So... I'm bummed that we missed out on that one because that would have been epic. But I've got a gold frame here. I could I could try and recreate one. So I actually don't think we've mentioned it yet this episode, but the winners <laughs> were Jackson and Alex. I told them. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when they were announced as the winners? It looked amazing on TV. How was it being in the room? Uh in the room, the eruption of applause and cheering and screaming and little little kids just having pure excitement for everything that was going on was so beautiful and when Alex jumped on top of Jackson yeah I've never heard so much laughter <laughs> it was Aww. just it was pure joy and everybody was emotional and everybody was happy it was wonderful and they they deserved it so much everything that they have done led to that moment so we were so happy for them I think there's even a moment when there's like me fangirling in the corner when they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but everybody was fangirling over them because they're just such great characters. They are just so good at balancing, like Brickman said, getting her attention and then holding it. And they just have these like huge, big things and then so many little details in there. I honestly do not know how they do it. And they, their brains must work at like 200%. <laughs> I love how grown up their build was. 
Mm. Because it was beautiful and captured everything for every age group. But the more you looked at it, the more you appreciated it as a grown up as well. Yeah. There's so much story. There's so much, so much technical ability, so many intricate details, so many additional things that you want to learn more about that it satisfies the little kids who go, oh my God, that's so amazing. It's moving to mm. the tweens that go, right, I can, I want to copy that. And then to the grown ups that think, yep, I would. I would put that in my living room and stare at it for hours. <laughs> they, they definitely captured everyone with that one build. Jackson and Alex's builds remind me of like animated kids movies when as you're a kid, you're just like amazed by it. And then when you watch it as an adult, you like understand all the jokes that went over your head as a kid. <laughs> yes. Well, there's probably a Studio Ghibli movie in there. Yeah. <laughs> they, could, um, they could create one. The one other thing that I'd love to talk about is how amazing Andrew and Damien are. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew and Damien throughout the whole thing were the rocks that everybody in the competition, that we leaned on them. They taught us stuff. They, they hugged us when we needed it. They made us laugh and they were always so amazingly calm and willing to do that. So I don't think the competition would have been anywhere near as a success without Andrew and Damien. It kind of felt like there were two extra brick men that also just happened to be competing as well. <laughs> yep, definitely. They were these epic dads that helped us the whole way through. I just, I have so much respect and appreciation for those gentlemen. And I can't wait to see all of the amazing things they do because in the AFOL community now, um, they're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are forever going to have to impress us with their amazing talent. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's amazing to hear. I'm so glad that this show is as wholesome as it seems on TV. And yeah, I I love when you join us and give us these little anecdotes. It's really amazing to get that insight. I just want to share something really cool with you guys that I think your audience might like. Runa and I have been working with the Yellow Ladybugs. So I'm not sure if you know the Yellow Ladybugs. They are a fabulous Australian charity for girls on the spectrum and anybody that associates with being a yellow ladybug. So we've been doing some really cool Lego stuff with them, some stimming videos and, and other funky autism-related content. And, yeah, we're hoping to do a bit, a bit of talking about Lego and get lots of girls involved from every age all the way through because both Runa and I are wonderfully on the spectrum ourselves, not that we tell people that very often. <laughs> That's amazing. It's such a pleasure talking to you both. Thank you so much for jumping back on with us, Annie, and um, giving us so many amazing insights. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Thank you so much to Annie for joining us and jumping on the podcast right after the grand finale of Lego Masters 2020. It was amazing to have someone on the ground who was there who could give us those extra insights and tell us more about it. Oh, what an icon Annie is as well. Just, just the best. I love her. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We've just wrapped up all our episodes for the TV show this season, but stay subscribed because we have a bunch more episodes coming out still, interviews with a bunch more contestants. You're going to want to hear them and it's going to be great. We already have quite a few interviews as well. If you want to go hear chats with Summer and Iona, another extended chat with Annie, as well as Jane Starney and Jen and Jody, Make sure you go back and listen to those and stay subscribed to the podcast to see whatever else comes up next. As always, if you want to get in touch, tell us your thoughts or feels, especially about the grand finale, or if you have any questions that you want us to ask any of the contestants we haven't interviewed yet, 
feel free to hit us up on Instagram. My handle is Zoe Peck underscore. And mine is at Parente Swag King. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.